0: Well, well. That happened. Blood called to blood, and then Lan wept like a baby. Yeah. Well, no, like, more like a raging baby. He wept to like a Klingon. Ah, yes, I like that. (laughs) Lan, yeah, he's so stoic. Not in like a, it's in such a believable way. Yes, but before we get too deep into that. God damn. This is the show after the show, the
1: after show, where we talk in detail things we probably just, like, start to cut ourselves off from when we're actually watching.
0: Yeah. This is the place where, you know, like, if you watched it by yourself, just with us talking over the top of it, and you want to talk about all your thoughts, well, we're going to dump ours. Yes. So, if you disagree mightily, do it to the audio device that's playing us back. (laughs) Shout at us. We don't mind. Yes, but Uh, these are our thoughts god um yeah this episode was raw <laughs> it was raw yeah i'm most of, i'm like you know the last thing always leaves the most lasting impression but god damn i really uh was affected by yeah unseen. scene at first i was like okay like why do we need to see another rich we started with the funeral we ended with the funeral which is interesting that's true uh, I didn't even notice that. And I really didn't. When they started beating their chest, i like, okay, like, you're not going to pull this off. I don't care. This doesn't matter. And then Lan started getting emotional. And you're so right that Moraine was crying for him. Yes. That was awesome. Yes. Yeah. Because, like, like, they
1: had that eye contact. Yeah. Then eventually, clearly, it was just too much. Yeah. yeah. But it hit me as well. Although yeah. I honestly, like,
0: I was brought out of it a little bit when Lan, like, ripped open the top of his shirt yes i feel like the director came in during the shooting of this he's like we got to take it to the next level like you got to rip that shirt open and it was not right yeah it's almost kind of the very like
1: it's a very i forget the proper term for it i learned this back in college but there was a like school of acting theory where it was all about like having the proper pose and the emotion Mm. would flow from the pose it feels like it was some of that kind of old school theory that doesn't really translate well cuz it's not really yeah. convention we see anymore. No, it did really feel like a little too much.
0: Yeah. I, yeah but aside I from, from that, too. I Yeah, actor fucking phenomenal
1: Brian. scene. Yes. So much good acting in this. Yeah. Like the whole denouement for uh, wife axing like Perrin yeah. finally telling someone totally. what he had done, like yeah. I I had faith in that actor to pull that off. Yeah. And he did. He yeah. did cuz he's he's been doing the facial expressions so much and you know you even got some of that with Nynaeve when like yeah. she was being told like it's okay to be afraid you could see like some, yeah
0: totally some like you know Tendons veins in and the muscle in yeah. the neck yeah oh yeah no it was super good In like yeah Maureen and Land continue to be powerhouses and they give you just long enough with the stoicism that you like kind of forget yeah and then they hit you totally. with something like this yeah with nuance Or not, like, particularly nuanced in Lan's case, but, like, super raw. And then I feel like there are some actors that were not, like, getting to get their full spectrum because, like, Eamon Val, the White Cloak Boy, like, he is a very flat, very dislikable character. Yeah. And he just has to be, like, smugly certain of himself. Well, I have to kill one of you. You must have selected one of you. And then he just shows a little bit of fear. And then he's down for the count. The last of him. Absolutely have not. Yeah. Um and who's the other character I was thinking of who's like that? Uh, yeah, I feel like Matt right now. Matt is just like sickly. Matt is denying things, and I uh,
1: yeah. But I I feel I feel like we got a moment where we still had some of like kind of the core of his character. Yeah, that was really nice when he's like offering like the deal. to Rand. That was was so so good when he's just like, I don't give a shit. I'm yeah. Like, yes, that is Matt. Okay. We're not gonna... still
0: in there. My yeah. best boy. It's so cool because if either of them end up being the dragon and, you know, like the show could go a totally different direction than the book cuz they have not committed to it and I love how like potentially, I feel like right now if I was just watching the show and hadn't read, I would say it's going to be Nynaeve or Matt because like he yeah. obviously can channel, they keep saying, and she is a badass channeler. Yep. Uh and yeah, I just love the like long-term motivation that that gives to both rand and matt to like stand by each other yeah it's just super cool in a way that like they added that deeper motivation for tom of like him having had his son or cousin or whatever yeah he's like i need to take care of you because of that it's so good and I
1: feel like, you know, obviously having read the books, like, I know why they are friends, but like, yeah. it, I feel like if you had just watched, like, episode one, mm. you know, the first part of it before everything starts to go to shit, yeah. like, you don't get a strong sense of, like, why Rand and Matt would, like,
0: they're sort of just the same
1: age and they live in the village together yeah, that's so that's kind of it and like rand is very like kind of just like almost like stick up his ass and matt's like hey, yeah whatever and let me go steal a bracelet from this lady
0: yeah and parents just like a quiet nice guy yeah kind of thing yeah
1: yeah and we also get uh well um i feel like we've been doing some unstructured rambling for a bit it's should true we, should we go into our three words to kind of totally start at least yeah, on our structure totally. whatever sense of structure we have for this show uh my three words i feel like are should pain end
0: ah uh, nice huh because
1: we kind Damn. of get two very different answers in this we have with them stepping like you know yeah. His answer is yes, yeah. through death. Yeah. And, you know, Perrin and Egwene, I think, provide mm. uh, the uh, antithesis to that. Interesting. When it's like they're faced with a dilemma like, you know, one of us can sacrifice can get out of it. to
0: save the other. Yeah. And they're both like,
1: no. Well, yeah. I guess Egwene mm. is more like,
0: no. Yeah. Perrin,
1: She kind of brings Perrin into that.
0: Yeah, totally. And hopefully he like sees the sense in it. That's yeah. cool. That is a much better three words than the things that I came up with. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've kind of been killing you in the in the three words it's section. True. So far. I just, you know, I'm a bit more verbose than three words. uh God, I feel like I in a previous episode said that's my Nynaeve so I can't say that's my Egwene. <laughs> White cloaks are bad is a little too reductive, so I'm just gonna say Land broke me. Yeah, because he broke me hard, even if he ripped that chest open. Yeah, yeah. That was that was awesome. I I feel like
1: I was. <laughs> we we recorded the show sitting on the same couch, and like I was. I feel like I could like hear you break in from that scene, and I was like, "Don't look to your right. Don't look to your <laughs> right. You'll cry too,"
0: because <laughs> I was right on the verge. Yeah, so I decided to add a new uh, a new segment to the after show podcast which is how many times did Levi cry <laughs> and we hit five on this one because I was crying five and yes I just fucking weep so easily at shows but like the emotions just get me and hmm. I didn't I okay in the future I will keep track of what times they are but definitely <laughs> one of them was when like Perrin and Egwene were going through their thing and yeah I feel like just naive telling him that like trust me never goes away, got a little tear jerk out of me. Yeah. Yeah, there were there were, you know, like I just get tear jerked easily and there were some there were some good moments. But All right, that's fair. I feel like part of the reason that I had trouble putting three words down is we actually got like this was not anyone's episode no or anyone thing, you know, like Parent Gwen at least there was real stuff. And Rand and Matt had some stuff and then like Nynaeve and Moraine had a bunch of stuff and so did so much stuff It was really balanced that way in a way. I feel like previous episodes haven't been as much
1: Yeah, and it's honestly uh, I think it's really encouraging for the show because the books very much There's a lot of like these characters have stuff these characters have other stuff. Yeah, this third group of characters has a different thing altogether yeah, and the books Well, they don't always balance that perfectly but totally. f- usually it's at least, like, good. Mm-hmm. Even at its worst, I feel like it's fine. You know, sometimes yeah. you just get a few pages where, like, okay, yes, these characters are still doing this thing in case you were wondering. And then back to the <laughs> thing that actually matters in this book. But, yeah. Like, the show is balancing these different plot lines very well, and, I mean, they are kind of coming together. Clearly, they're all at Tar yeah. Valen now. Yeah. But... Totally, yeah, which is I great. haven't... I didn't really have faith that the show could pull that off before but I do now
0: yeah at first when I saw the a month later I was like oh god damn it because I feel like so much stuff felt immediate that like skipping ahead a month you know like the conversation that Maureen had with Nynaeve I'm like no at some point in the 30 days that you were on the road together you would have talked about this but for the most part it was fine I am very glad that they skipped over Ran and Matt's long journey to Tarvalin. Yep, because that was just not really necessary in the books. Like, yeah, we got one like village where everything goes wrong scene, and that basically happens five times in the course of the wheel of uh, the it, eye of the world.
1: It was a very good everything goes wrong. It totally was. But yes. also, you know, uh, you know, what we skipped with uh, the month. Logan's army
0: it oh, vanished. Oh yeah, just like the Trollocs. They did just fucking vanish. <laughs> Yep, like, there were so many again. of them. There was no way they were going to defeat them all. They were overrunning them. And then Nineveh healed a bunch of people in a cave, and I guess, like... They're just gone. Yeah, the army's gone. They gave up. still alive. They, like, were <laughs> berserking to, like, free the dragon that they thought, and, yeah, now they're just gone. <laughs> they're <laughs> just gone. It's oh, so annoying. At least, I feel like my other predictions, like, dire predictions and dour predictions did not come true. Like, yeah. uh, Perrin and Egwene just being boring. Yeah, really I, I nice. think I think we
1: were both dreading Perrin and Egwene, and uh, they 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 brought it this yeah.
0: episode. We definitely called it on there being more Aes Sedai politics and yep. there being like a bidding war for Nynaeve, Basically, oh yeah, I
1: honestly feel like if we can sort of transition into next yeah, episode totally. predictions, I feel like that's going to be a lot of what we're going to get is just yeah. Aes Sedai politics mostly around the framing device of Nynaeve, like. They're going to be like, well, yeah, you're an novice, so you don't have an Aja, but when you get an Aja, you should really consider
0: red, blue, yellow, brown. We need something with brown. We've not met a brown Mm, sister yet. Yeah, I mean, they just introduced yellow now, which I think is smart. Like, naturally avoid talking about too much world building because it'll overwhelm people exactly we like really got a clear sense of who red is and then blue and then we got some green and now we're getting a little touch of yellow and that's just the right pace like don't get yeah. me with the whites the grays the browns like and they don't really matter anyway so oh
1: god i forgot i forgot the whites and grays yeah, existed
0: it's a thing what are the whites and grays things uh one of them is an intermediary one of them is like pure logic and then browns are like the studious ones you know Okay, I yeah, I
1: forgot two Aja's existed.
0: Yeah, well, That's and then there's... No big
1: deal. The black Aja. Right. Uh, oh, um, also prediction, um, Perrin's stuff. I will yeah. not go more into what I mean
0: by stuff, yes. but his stuff begins in earnest. Yeah, I think That it is will my too. prediction. Like, yeah, I think we got some much stronger hints this time than we have before. Yep. But, I don't know, there were hints like that kind of earlier on that didn't pan out. I... I have kind of written the script for the next episode in my head, being the writer that I am. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Because I was thinking, yes, there's going to be a bidding war for Nynaeve. um, And she had that speech uh, to Rand about, like, we'll heal as much as we can, and then when everybody gets here, we'll figure out what to do. So she's definitely not committed to being a novice, even though uh, Leandrin is like, yeah, she's going to be a novice. And, you know, like, she's probably going to be a novice. But I think that there's going to be a real... A dilemma for her when the sisters are like, we have to still Matt, or it's gonna uh, be something about Matt where she feels loyalty to her friends against the tower, and she has to overcome that, or the tower has to overcome that, or something. Um, but I feel like that's gonna be kind of the crux of the next ones. Like they're all being like, "You should be with us," and she's like, "But you're saying this whack thing about my friend," kind of thing. Or I don't know. That's that's the one that that I imagine. Of course, Perrin yeah, and Gwen are going to make it to Tarvalen, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that seems solid. I could very easily see it going th- that way.
0: Definitely, like, that is a little more speculative, but definitely Matt's stuff is going to come to a head, I think. Because he was yeah. pretty non-existent in this one, but what he did do, like, they can't really crank him that much more, I feel no. like. He's, no. like, super rude to Nynaeve after just having seen her, and he looks super sick, and he's, like, all despondent and stuff, like, Something's gotta happen with him or he's gonna to start to be boringly so. You know, like True. He is True. on an arc now, a downward arc, but I don't think that they can keep going without us kind of feeling like we did about Perrin and Egwene for a while, like they're just walking through the woods with the yeah. fucking tankers, like nothing's happening. Yeah. That okay, that was another tear moment was the tanker scene. Not her speech, but oh, just God. like the nonviolence getting beaten down, like Yeah, ugh. the white cloaks going full stop
1: resisting.
0: Yeah, and the tinkers
1: Fuck. Yeah,
0: I, I read a uh, biography of Gandhi a really thick one and it just like the strength of will of people who will insist on being nonviolent in the face of people who are being violent to them is just like hits me in the feels yeah yeah, yeah. that yeah that and
1: just mm, her like getting cracked and like you know having the blood out of her nose and yeah. still being like very just defiant totally you know even in the face of you know the White Cloaks clearly believe that they are in the right. Yeah. Like, it is It is all Ugh. in their uh, aesthetic, in their philosophy.
0: But, I mean, you can clearly tell that they're not. Or even yeah, if they are, their methods are very flawed. Yeah, they're certainly righteous, but not in the right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next episode predictions, I feel like Lan and Nynaeve are going to have a little bit of thing. Okay. Well, I, okay. Maybe it won't be next episode, but Steppen called it out and he's like the <laughs> the hero of the hour. And I was surprised yeah. that he did because I felt real sparks episode 4 between them and then nothing this episode and he sort of said like there's been nothing she doesn't talk to me. He's like, "Oh, she's fallen for you." And that felt like Actually, a little bit heavy-handed on the part of the writers of like you're just saying it when we've only seen it once and it was pretty nebulous there. Yeah. And Land said that she worked the magic to save his life. I don't remember that. Is that how that scene played out? In the yes, episode I think so. I
1: think so. It's it's been a little bit since oh, we did saw he get the last rope
0: cut or something. Yeah, yeah. He okay. was like
1: dying, and both of us were on the couch here, like, what? Yeah. No. He can't die. Yeah. Um, I I did uh, unless you had no more to say ahead. on that specific yeah I did want to raise a little bit I feel like there has been kind of the TV version of yeah. um they're telling rather than showing yeah. because I feel like we got um we got that story about uh, Egwin, you know with the disease yeah which, which was, was interesting great and interesting but like immediately after you know also in this episode we get to see her standing up to the white cloaks yeah and being very determined so. We got to see we that didn't, personality. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't need to be told about it. Yeah, I mean, it was a nice moment for like Rand to get comforted. I guess, but yeah, I don't know. I
0: could I could have done without that. Yeah, pretty easily. And I feel like there's been a the few scene was cuttable for sure bits
1: like that in the yeah, show. Yeah,
0: totally. From time to time, I think they did a really good. This is a different topic, but did a really good job of like. As a writer, when I'm thinking about killing off a character or having something bad happen to him, you got to increase the <laughs> likability and lovability right before so it hits yes. the hardest. Like every time a minor character is like having a real touching scene or really wants something, I'm like, oh, they're going to get killed. <laughs> and that's exactly like stepping, joking around about how he was going to like get attracted to Alana's warders and stuff and just chilling with Glenn. Yeah. That was awesome. And I was like, yeah, this isn't going to end well. Yeah, I didn't quite <laughs> see
1: it going as. Permanently as it did, yeah. but I could definitely get that sense like, oh, this dude is not bound for good things. Totally. That's a shame because yeah, I, I liked him. They they did their job well there. I, I cared about the
0: character. Yeah. Speaking of which, did you have a favorite character for this episode? Oh, uh, um,
1: boy, that is a tough question. Um, can I punt it back to yes. you first? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, man, I think. Like I said, it was really balanced, and a lot of people did great stuff, and Land did break me, but I yeah. think I'm going to pick Egwene for this one. That's fair. Yeah, That's fair. it's just like she showed, uh, yeah, I just really loved her scene and how she refused to do it, and especially, this is like the Sanderson hard magic fan of me coming out, but how she worked the magic of like, she definitely tried to immolate him with a fireball that sucked but in the next moment she was like ah but I can use this to burn the bonds and that was such a badass moment because Perrin is like this raging berserker just waiting to get out (laughs) and then he gets out and he's kind of like I don't know what to do and she's like okay I'm gonna stab him yeah she just stabs him she's the one who gets it done it's so cool I I think Perrin was
1: probably my favorite. Character, really, and I never thought I'd be like yeah, I like totally. Perrin in the books. I like Perrin in the books a lot, even though I complain about the way he's written. I think I've done that in every after show we've recorded. Yeah, but like him in the show here was great, and yeah. we even got a moment where it was like a question mark, where you know the wolf is like there in their path, yeah. and Perrin's like, "You won't hurt us." Yeah. How do you know that? Yeah. Not explained. So yeah. that's like a question over our heads. Yeah, that is super good. As I, well as you know, just him, just oh,
0: the the completion of the wife axing arc. Yeah, finally, <sighs> and finally, him talking about it like that's really yeah. satisfying for sure. Yeah, I will admit that in the books, I kind of don't like him. Like, especially really? yeah, especially from like probably book four on, I just yeah, he's not my mm. dude. I. I can't go into why I like him without spoilers, but
1: it revolves around his stuff. And I think that stuff is very cool stuff. So I
0: think I might like it more for the concept. I just don't think that stuff is cool stuff. Really? And then, like, the lady that he gets involved with and the whole rescue sequence that takes, like, two goddamn books. Yeah, okay, that's I just could not handle it. Wait, you don't like the lady that he gets involved with? No, the lady's all right, but I don't understand. Oh, my God, she's amazing. I don't understand why they're together. Anyway, this is not of interest to you, so we'll save it for, like, a bookly podcast, but... Yeah, no, not so much. So it's cool that I like I'm the acting. I'm so because, disappointed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, if we get to her in the show, it'll be interesting to see if they can. Yeah. Yeah. Save. Yeah. I just don't get their. I don't get their relationship. Like why? But anyways. Um. So all right, next episode predictions. I Move wanted to uh re- to go to Robert Jordan rolls in his grave section. I feel like there are several. Yeah, I feel like there are several. I think that. Uh, if we can include in here also like Robert Jordan like tries to give a high five to the top of his coffin in his grave because <laughs> I think they did some shit really well. They the really did offerings to the forsaken is so cool because that to I think because to me that's like that's how a thing that hasn't been around for three thousand years would get mythologized. and yeah, they would become like anti deities like you like, pray to this one to offer protection against the shamael like lord of lies or whatever and to have those little carved figures i thought that was super cool.
1: i guess i really i didn't like that at all really? like particularly the fact that it was a warder in the white tower yeah like doing like a, a prayer to these like anti-deities i thought that was clumsy as hell really like maybe you know show it like in in like a village scene Huh. Where, you know, there might be a little more of that, but, you know, when...
0: Just because he should know that they were real people kind of thing? Well, yeah, but it's more like... I, I don't quite know how to express
1: it, but it feels weird to have that in, you know, like, the seat of Aes Sedai, who, you know, mm. one of the Amerlin seat, you know, Watcher of the Seals. You yeah. know, they're supposed to combat Dark Friends and Dark Spawn, and like, mm. you know, just having idols of one of the most powerful servants yeah. of the Dark One in any form hmm. in the White Tower feels just so wrong to me hmm. on many levels. Interesting. Even if, if it's in a, okay, we have an idol
0: of you all because, fuck you. I, I really don't like it. Interesting. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Like, I think that, you know, to me, I took it as like Stepin's cultural belief from before he was a warder. And a thing that he's just held on to. Oh, yeah, definitely mm. not, like, a common thing yeah, in the White Tower. Kind of like Lan was praying to his, like, little things before his Sparky scene in Episode 4. Oh, that's true. That's true. I feel like but... it's partially just them trying to, like, deepen world building and also, like, have it be recursive where they come back to a thing they kind of want you to know more about, even as they're showing that there's cultural diversity, etc. Yeah, it just felt like it was in the wrong... Good scene, wrong
1: wrong place for
0: it. Okay, I feel like. well, it sounds like that's more of a Jordan rolls in its grave rather than high fives. At least you. in my book. So um, that's cool. It's definitely you know a change from the books.
1: Yeah, I feel like a rolls in his grave for me would have been what the hell are white cloaks doing operating like
0: within sight of the White yes, Tower? Totally. Like no. Yeah. No way. Yeah, yeah, and also like for Valdo, who we saw back like outside the two rivers, to be where they are to find them, like you would have to basically be following them the whole. It seems a bit unlikely. Yeah, but that's not a roll in his grave because uh, for because Tavirin, of reasons reasons I, that I really don't want to talk about. <laughs> We're gonna have to talk about it eventually. Okay, so um, yeah, I have more things to roll in grave, but I okay. really feel like. Melting down the ring would be a high five for Jordan. I yeah. I think that's fucking cool. That is a high five and a half. Especially if they make the new rings from that pot. Like, yeah. That's fucking And cool. I feel
1: like there's no way that's not what happens.
0: Yeah, totally. That's got to be what happens. It'll be cool if we see the ring being forged. Um, and then the other one is, uh, this is a little bit more subtle, but when um, Alana is talking to Moraine in her room, and she's talking about how you have enemies and why don't you try to be the Amaralyn seat? And mm-hmm. she's like, I never really wanted to. And she's like, you're one of the few people with enough strength to do it. And we know from the books, and I don't feel like this is a spoiler, that like the hierarchy within Aes Sedai is not about age or wisdom or anything. It's literally about how strong are you in your connection to the one power. Yeah. And Moraine's not. She is <laughs> not a strong Chandler. She never was. <laughs> she's not anything like... You know, she's definitely not one of the strongest ones in the tower. That's why they're so excited about Nynaeve. So it's a thing in the TV series, too. So maybe Alana is talking about political clout. But I don't feel like that would be a thing that would get her to Amarulian status. Like, political clout is still tied to, like, magic clout, Well, maybe... Maybe, and this is me devil's advocating a little bit here, but Mm -hmm. maybe... Um, you know,
1: it, part of Alana saying uh, this isn't the same place you left. Yeah, maybe sh- it's sort of implying that the political power that uh, Moraine has, and you know, the kind of like connections and uh-huh. eyes and ears has almost started to supplant the strength of the one power Yeah. as far as uh, a Sedai ranking at least in the tower itself.
0: I feel like that's a good apology for the writers of the show but I Yeah, it might be stretching like, a little. You know, 3 millennia of tradition changing in the last 2 years. That's true. The fact that it was 2 years is yeah. especially because they don't have like a whack Omerlin like we see later in the book series who changes things really quickly because she's so incompetent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to meet the Amaralyn because she's such a cool character. In the yeah, place, the Amaralyn is great. Neither here nor there.
1: And I, I hope we get to the Amaralyn you were talking about who's incompetent because oh, she's man. great because she's just, everything goes wrong for her. Like consistently. And it's 100% earned.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, we haven't even met she's the worst. Elaine yet. Like we went to Tarvalin yeah. instead of Camelon. Yeah. Wow. Which is wild. Very different than the books. And there are main characters yeah. that we have not met because of that. Yes. I almost uh, but, feel you know, like it's that's refining it. Yeah, yeah. I, totally. Yeah, it's it does not need to be the sprawling epic that the book is. Because I can at all. definitely
1: remember getting Elaine and Egwin confused when I was reading the first book just because their names are sort of similar stuff. Yeah, letter.
0: there's so many E names in the book. It's there like, are a lot of E names. There's a ton of E names. And they're like main people. Yeah. Yeah. Egwin, Elaine elida elida yeah and there's a couple more for sure definitely a few more um yeah i feel like that's kind of what i had to say about this one uh yeah i think that's oh ogier oh yeah he so happy that we cool. got one of those yeah he, and he he's was great, great too he's bumbling and like super patient and slow moving in just the way and like making his comments I have realized that, like, you know Data in Next Generation, and, like, yeah. he's just there to comment on human nature because he's not. Yes. Like, the yeah, uh, Loyal fulfills so much of that function, and I still love it. Like, that character is a yeah. tried-and-true trope in sci-fi and fantasy, and it's still just fun. And it's it's very meta,
1: but I loved how Rand was like, you're an ogre oh gear yeah like they knew people were gonna screw that up and i love that they like took a minute yeah just real quick totally (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah i I wanted to talk about that a little bit because they're a minor part of the books but they're a cool part
0: yeah totally yep he was super cool i definitely like the way that they made him appear he's supposed to have like really long drooping eyebrows right and i i don't remember okay if i'm completely honest yeah it might not be that, but it's either that or there's like a race of people in the Stormlight Archive that has drooping eyebrows. And I just, every time I imagine it, I'm like, this is so stupid. I hate it. So I think you might be thinking of Stormlight Archive. Okay. Yeah. It's like the very bureaucratic people, I think. The ish or something. Anyway. Yeah. It's been a while well, yes since I've been in that familiar. universe. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So I guess we can move on to Other Wheels. Other Wheels, yes. Uh, I'm punting this one to you because I have not thought about it. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, A lot of my Other Wheels I've talked about in previous
1: episodes are kind of still turning. I'm still playing the... um, Again, it's all video games. I apologize if you don't care about video (laughs) games. Um, Still playing the weird um, games by Swery, the Japanese guy raised in Canada who makes weird outsider art video games that have good writing but kind of bad gameplay and also the writing is very weird and like it's like being in the head of an insane person that's still going on also still playing pokemon and slowly remembering why i stopped playing pokemon Uh. enough about that Uh, i have a whole podcast about that that's separate from this and also this this was a small wheel that turned but um one of my streams that i do on twitch is uh it's a new thing for me I play a different game 30, every 30 minutes, randomly wow. selected from every game that I own and have a setup to stream. Dang. And I played one that I think more people should talk about, so it has absolutely no connection to Wheel of Time or anything that makes the Wheel of Time appealing, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Okay. Uh, <laughs> called Metal Warriors for the nice. Super Nintendo. Okay. It's like... Oh, wow. It's was a collaboration between Konami, one of the most mm-hmm. respected video totally. game developers at the time. They yes. suck now. And... <laughs> lucas films of all people Whoa. or wait might have been lucas arts but okay you know, still like lucas stuff lucas stuff the star wars people and wow. it's about like space like gundam mech things and you huh. have like free flying in a snes game and there's no there's no heads up display there's no like bar of your life there's no huh. like count of your bullets it's wow. just your machine and you can see it get more damage, and like that's how you oh, tell how your cool. life is and it's huh. like Kind of also like free exploration and has all these crazy weapons. It was awesome as hell. Wow. And I really wanted to talk about that. I don't have much more to say about it, but it's cool. (laughs) If you like video games, please play it. (laughs) That's awesome.
0: Well, I uh, feel like I heaped a lot of praise on the last book in the... In the Greenbone Saga by Fonda Lee, J. Legacy, I read it to the end. I read it a lot. I had a day off, and I basically just read it the whole time. <laughs> and Levi's Weep Count is off the charts for that book, and oh. it was great. It was not, I think, as strong as the first two, because the be, I apparently have a thing about time lapses, because we had that month-long lapse in this one. I was like, God damn it. It feels <laughs> like a tension drop to me as an author. I never want to skip forward in time. But this one did that a lot, but it's still an amazing book. Um, and then I grieved it because it was so good and I could not like I could not read anything for a while <laughs> And then I like I worked myself back into a reading mode by being like, okay, like what other cool shit like what did I love about Jade Legacy? And I kind of fell down this rabbit hole of uh, female Asian authors writing Asian inspired fantasy. and so okay I started messing with she who became the son by Shelly Parker Chan um, which was, really cool and it like in terms of if you like the wheel of time it, the first 20 percent of it had a very like magical academy vibe and also like a, a super scrappy protagonist that i loved a lot and mm-hmm. then it took a hard left turn and like introduced new pov characters and like that academy went away and i was like nah, i feel like you just broke a big promise to me and i'm not into it Hmm. So uh does feel a little bait and switchy just hearing you describe it. Yeah, it wasn't great. So then uh I am currently reading Iron Widow by Jiren J Zhao. I'm not sure how to say her name, but uh more YA. But uh it's funny that you mentioned Gundam because like it's Oh yeah, it's very much like it's set in weird, otherworldly future but post apocalyptic China. And they are protecting the Great Wall from these, like, alien things with these, like, Gundam suits. But uh, to call back to the Wheel of Time, there's this super gender dynamic where women, like, their feet are broken so that they're, like, prettier, but they're totally crippled. And if they have any kind of magical ability, they're paired with the male pilots of these ships who, like can be stronger if they have a female co-pilot with them, or concubine, as they're called. But a lot of times, if they stretch it too far, they kill them in the process. Oh. And it's just an accepted cost of protecting their land. And the main character, her sister was sold off to be one of those, and the family gets paid for them and was killed, like, very quickly, even though she was powerful because she was paired with this super powerful guy. And he's so powerful that, like, to use all his powers, he just keeps killing his concubines, and everybody (laughs) thinks it's fine. And so she is... She is uh, out to kill him. She's like, I'm going to get paired with that guy. We're going to get in the suit and I'm going to kill this motherfucker. And it's so cool. Like, it's kind of like caricature-esque in the gender roles in a way that I feel like Wheel of Time is more nuanced because like they said in the episode, they're like, men have a lot of power and women just have this one thing. And so there's a tension there and men don't like women who show a spark of being greater than they are. This one is very flat. The kind of like i don't to me anyway i'm like but things aren't actually that bad in our world about this but anyway (laughs) i'm enjoying it a lot and it's ya so it's moving really fast and Ah. i do kind of suspect that we've got like a romance coming between the people who are like the girl who's ready to kill this dude so i don't know (laughs) but it's interesting so far and i'm just kind of enjoying this genre of like asian inspired fantasy by asian female authors so
1: nice that's a that's a very specific niche, but I could see it being a very cool one.
0: And it's kind of exploding right now. There really? There is a ton of Good. it. And like the a lot of it is winning awards and stuff. Yeah. Nice. So I will have updates for that next time as I continue my sojourn. Cool. But with that, uh, it's neither a beginning nor... We got to fucking come up with a script we really do we really do and we keep not for now it's an ending it is an ending see you you next time after show for episode six or if you like the watch along see you for watch along of episode six that has a title thank you for joining us